just want to uh, use this cold open to say, fuck you, Chevy Chase. Fuck you, Dave Portnoy. Roll the music. Welcome, everyone, to episode 43, 99 100, the podcast counting up the top 100 domestic grossing box office movies of 1999. I am your solidarity host, Sparky Shelton. And I am your solitary host, Jordan Granick. And I'm Ryan. Poems. America is a light with poem fever, boys, and it, I think it's about time we cashed in, because we have in our midst uh, uh, kindergarten, what was it, Delmar Hills Elementary? Was that where you were rolling up Carmel to, Carmel Del Mar, thank Carmel you. Please Del Mar don't dox me. Elementary Poet Laureate, Ryan, is in the house. Um, tell me about your poem, bud. All right. It was about a character that was a butterfly. Okay. I don't think it was a poem. I think I only wrote like three sentences and didn't know how to say one of the words, so I asked the teacher while on stage into the mic. Amazing. How do you say this word? She told me, I read the next sentence, and then I was met with a standing ovation. A standing ovation. Do you, do yeah. you, can you recall any of the imagery, any of the imagery that you, you put into that poem? Uh, yeah, so the butterfly had a blue body, green wings, and as if the, the wing, if you would imagine a capital B, mm. you know the holes of the B? Those okay. Were like a light turquoise. Aquamarine, if you will. Was aquamarine the, the word you couldn't pronounce? <laughs> no, it was the name of the butterfly. Do you remember it? I do not. <laughs> well, that's okay. At least you didn't learn anything from it. Um, I also wrote a poem in the third grade uh, uh, and uh, at Ashley Falls Elementary, the far superior North County Carmel Valley Elementary School. Um. And Stop telling uh, people where we live. Huh? Stop saying where we live. They're not going to fucking... We're not going to get doxxed, my dude. Do you think they're going to fucking come for us? Who do you think is taking kind aim? Of. Who do you think is taking aim at us? That was a, that was a, that was a subtle joke that I was making. Oh. Well, you <laughs> could have doubled down on the joke and like kept the ball rolling. I couldn't think of a ball fast enough. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I wrote a a poem in the third grade as part of a competition of which the prize was a field trip to the wetlands. Are you too familiar with the wetlands? The one right across the street from Carmel Del Mar, or not Carmel Del Mar, uh, Carmel Valley Market. The biggest overblown, overhyped bullshit uh, ecosystem in the world, the wet, the wetlands. Well, the I would say they're caves? the most they're the most underrated. Why are they the most underrated? Defend these fucking swamps, which is I'm what they glad are. To. They provide a lot. Um, one, they can act as a flood barrier. Okay, two, cool. They filter water. Okay. Uh, I mean, those two are pretty important. Um, let me see. Flood barrier. They filter the water. Okay. Uh, obviously, they provide sanctuary. It's a lot. Of, it's a breeding ground for a lot of animals. 
a lot. I'm glad you raised that. It's a breeding ground I, for a bunch wait, of hey. bullshit animals. It's a like, name like one stingrays. Name one sharks. good animal. Name one good animal. Like Giraffes. stingrays, stingrays, sharks. Stingrays and sharks don't go into the fucking wetlands. I they fucking do. The stingrays really might not sharks. The sharks yeah, are like, off the le- coast, like leopard, baby. Like leopard sharks, like leopard sharks. Leopard sharks are off the fucking coast. Don't try to bullshit me on that. They're by I, the really I fancy La Jolla never. resorts where every, old would, people well, fuck these there. Are, leopard sharks these are fuck the there. lower class ones. Oh, the ones is wealth inequality a big problem within the leopard shark community? I mean, La Jolla is pretty exclusive. That is true. Hey, Ryan, would you mind doing an impression of what Bernie Sanders would sound like as a leopard shark extolling the wealth inequality among leopard sharks? I'm once again asking for your support to help take on big land and the. <laughs> <laughs> the wealth inequality between those land sharks and the us La Jolla sea sharks. No, the La Jolla okay. ones are the rich oh. ones. Sorry. Fuck those La Jolla sea sharks. Thank you. <laughs> land it. Land it. Because now it's out. It's out. I want, I want, I want. It's so good, but I just want that little teeny morsel of Bernie Sanders being a leopard shark. You know, he's advocating for him, but you really need to, like, stick the being part of it. Look, look. I'll leave you with this. I swim around. <laughs> you got it, my, man. <clears throat> I, I swim around here to all the local schools in the wetlands. I wear my mittens. <laughs> I see the tadpoles. I see the seagulls. They don't have that in the La Jolla, sh- in the La Jolla shores. Yeah, because they're Why racists. Why do we? Amen. What you- is with this? Inequality. You're getting towards Jerry Seinfeld leopard shark, and I'm going to cut you off there before you embarrass <laughs> yourself, because that is a hard needle to thread. Well done. I put you on the spot, and you fucking delivered, my man. Hell yeah. I can add that to my repertoire of... Uh, <laughs> Bernie, of Sh- uh, Bernie Sanders is a leopard shark. At, plays in the big <laughs> markets, certainly. Wait, I have one. Well, I fucked up because I thought of this, but then you interrupted me. I was going to talk about Dr. Seuss Shark. Piece of shit. Who's, who's Dr. His house Seuss? is in La Jolla. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that is more niche than, than even the leopard shark reference. But Look, uh, if you're a Seuss fan talking about poetry here, that's you, true. You, you probably know where he lives. That is true. I know where all of my favorite poets live. There's a website called Poet Addresses. And you know where my favorite poet lives now? The Big Apple, baby. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's right. My favorite poem poet is Dr. Jill Biden. She is my favorite poet of all time. A poet of many words. And I think we can all get behind that. Am I right? Yeah, Speaking I loved of, her. Her Super Bowl commercial was really good. So. <laughs> did she? I did not watch the Super Bowl. Um, was was it a big game? No, it was just Tom Brady. Like everyone just jerking off Tom Brady for four hours. Yeah, pretty much. Just like he jerked off into that mattress in that one Super Bowl commercial. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember that? Are you I sure know, that's not the My Pillow guy? No, but he probably does even more <laughs> unspeakable things to his pillows. 
Um, <laughs> oh my god no there was that one like simmons beauty rest thing where it had him like walking through this elaborate hotel and then it gets into a room uh where it's just a mattress and the guy is like need anything else and he says no i've got everything i need or something like that but it heavily implied that tom brady was gonna fuck that mattress go look it up i'm not your dad better than yeah, kissing his yeah son I... on the lips so. <laughs> hey he is his son dodged a bullet this time because he was wearing a mask. So Tom oh, Brady had God. Him. I was, literally, yep, yep, yep. He was so, he got so lucky that time. <laughs> Those are the two things that Tom Brady is going to be. Not the not the the dominance in the position of quarterback. It's going to be the fucking of the mattress and it's going to be the kissing of the son. And probably Giselle. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of Giselle, our movie this week was the 1999 classic <laughs> baseball film for the love of the game, uh, the, the much-anticipated episode where we cover the third-best Kevin Costner baseball movie. It's not even the third-best Kevin Costner movie, though. That's true, because there was Waterworld. Yeah, there was there was a distinct lack of water in this film, Kevin Costner, and a distinct lack of Tobey Maguire. What was he in film? What, what did he and Tobey Maguire be in? Uh, well, it was directed by Sam Raimi. Raimi, Raimi, Raimi. Oh, Raimi, Raimi got Raimi. it right. Raimi. This was directed by Sam Raimi, which you wouldn't yeah. know even a little bit by watching it. Because it's, boys, it's just a baseball movie. It's just a baseball movie. It's ju- if, you know who was in this movie, though, that I was kind of upset about? Because Tobey Maguire wasn't in it. Who's, I'm going who's that? I'm going the the Sam Ra- Raimi. Okay. Um, the guy who carjacks... Um, Uncle Ben in Spider-Man 1. Sure. And then later, in Spider-Man 3, he reappears. Same guy. Yeah. The Sandman? Sandman? No, not the Sandman. The Sandman was one of the guys who jacked him, though. There was a whole redemption arc, remember? Oh, right, 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 right. You talked a big game about knowing about the Sam Raimi fucking... (laughs) spider-man universe and the sr eu the sr he's uncredited he's credited as carjacker and then i think he plays sam tuttle in this movie who is sam tuttle we'll 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 get to that so this is the actor's name no sam tuttle is it's because he's played by papa john oh i i didn't want to blow this too early but i did take special notes of the amazing fucking names in this movie so (laughs) The, the the quick summary of this movie, and we'll get into it more in detail, but uh, Kevin Costner has this storied pitching career, and he's wrapping it up with one last game in uh, in the the cathedral, the cathedral of baseball, Yankee Stadium. Um, and because it's set in New York, uh, there's a lot of like background New York actors, and I've prepared a list uh, a pre- prepared a list of amazing actors names uh that played side roles in this movie as uh as ryan alluded to we have michael papa john that is michael papa john uh we also (laughs) we also have i think the peanut vendor uh was played by a guy named maury shrog s-h-r-o-g boy that sent me back to speech therapy am i right Shrog, um, it's like rural. Carmine Gia, 
Carmine Giovan Giovinazzo. Giovinazzo. And Giovinazzo. And my favorite, this is the do you guys want to guess? I want you to be as offensive to New Yorkers as possible in guessing the name of the offensive Yankees fan at the bar. What was that uh, actor's at, name? At the airport? At, at the airport at bar? At the airport. The obnoxious Yankees fan who's constantly <laughs> shitting on Kevy Koss. Um, uh, James Gandolfini. Close. Wow. Well, I'm looking at the cast list, so I know. But I th- I'm surprised you didn't include Dominic Lombardozzi on this one. That is Dominic Lom- Lombardozzi. No, it's Larry Joshua. Fuck. Are you sure that's not the actor's, that's not the character's name? I'm 100% looking at this. God damn it. I could have. Larry Joshua is funny, though, because he's got two first names. That is, it's not quite as funny as Dominic Lombardozzi. (laughs) They're just like, they're, they are, they are stereotypically and syllabically challenging names, all of the extras in this movie. Um, but we start off. Uh, we start off with um, our boy Kevy Koss, uh, and he is waiting for somebody in a New York suite apart suite uh, hotel room, and he is pounding uh, the the preferred scotch, single malt scotch of uh, prop decorators who need to make sure people know that the actor is at rock bottom, Glenn Livett. Glenlivet for the darkest of times. And uh and uh and so he's drunk, the woman doesn't show, uh, and then he gets a visit from Logan Roy. The um the uh oh god, what's his actual name? He John C. Riley? No. Well he does get a visit from John C. Riley, his faithful catcher, um, but also the owner of the Detroit Tigers, um, who uh is played by the guy who plays Logan Roy. What's his name? Oh, in succession. Yeah, yeah. What's his Logan name? Logan Roy. Is he's not on the cast list? I don't know. No, that's, that's, that's the character. Act, that's the character that's in, uh, in Succession. Oh. Who was? Oh. Uh, Brian, Co- Brian, <laughs> Brian Cox. Brian Cox. <laughs> wow. Really, Cox got you, bud. But not Larry Joshua. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Two of the most sexually suggestive names in all of Hollywood. Larry Joshua and Brian Cox. <laughs> um, and he he has come up to tell Kevy Koss, uh, I'm out this business. I'm selling the team. Uh, they're going to trade you, so you may as well retire. Um, and and as a way to show how serious I am about this, I'm going to send my creepy milk toast nephew to watch you change in uh, into your baseball uniform. Um, and wait for for an answer. Um, oh, to be a weird milk toast creepy kid in the 1990s, because they were getting constant screen time. You doing okay there, bud? Yeah, my roommates just decided to congregate outside my room. Yeah, and start talking like that, like it's a bar, like they're talking shit about <laughs> Billy Chapel, like. Come on, like fucking Lombardozzi over here. That's his name, Billy Chapel. That's Kevin Costner's name. Um, I I don't remember what happened. I I have in my notes, uh, uncomfortably ugly kid, and then Michael Papa John. So I don't <laughs> remember how to link the two. 
Papa John. Okay, so I can actually take over. So, <clears throat> well, in the first half hour of the movie, we, we kind of get this exposition. You find out that Billy Chappell, uh, Kevin Costner, is this old dude. Sparky already talked about that. And he's like the Larry, he's not uh, the fucking, the fucking, the fucking guy, you know? Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady of the Tigers, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's like the old washed up dude, but he's like, I got to get that one last Super Bowl ring. In this case, baseball. I don't know. I don't know what the Grand Slam. It's it's not anything. They're not playing it's for any stakes. It's the World Series, but oh. yeah, it's just a normal game. It's it's just, oh, it's okay. the last game that he's going to pitch. It, they're out, already out of the division. There are literally no stakes. Yeah, so he, he's like putting his, he's icing up. He's old, clearly old, raggedy and whatnot. Uh, he's wasted in this in this first few scenes, and then you know we see him warming up, throwing those fucking dingers down first. Nope, or, not quite. You know. A dinger what? is a home run. Oh, a oh. dinger is a home run. But I, I keep I that will be the last time they correct your baseball lingo because I really want it to get out there. <laughs> he's throwing those bullets, as J.K. Simmons put it, and uh, he has this feud with uh, our boy Papa John. A lot of people have a feud with Papa John recently, but uh, we're not going to go into that. Um, and Papa John plays for the Yankees, but that didn't phase Chapel because he's got the Spidey senses. He can block out everything, and he can just down down from the from the from the from the pitcher's mound. Yeah, he straight does to this, the catcher. He does this thing as he prepares to pitch where he says clear the mechanism and then all of the sound disappears, which is one of the <laughs> dumbest fucking <laughs> phrases I've ever heard in my life. What does that fucking mean? Jordan, what does it mean? Explain this to me. Clear the mechanism? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, um when he has his hearing aids in, uh Clearing the mechanism is uh, flipping the switch and turning them off. That is a really fucking good explanation. I think that would be an amazing, an amazing talent for an athlete is just to be like legally deaf and you just turn off your hearing aid. Just so you can concentrate. I think this was actually just Sam Raimi bullshit, but you know, um, and he's on oh, every. Every time he does it, they do have like this really shitty like guitar like. That's right. There is a sting. There's a little riff. Um, it's upsetting. It's not. It's not very good. Um, we then we then are flashing back. So throughout the course of the whole movie, we're flashing back to his relationship with this woman, uh, who's played by John Travolta's Kelly uh, Preston. Yes. Rest in peace. Oh, I didn't know she was I thought was that was dead. her son. I didn't know any of this. Are they married? I thought he married Olivia Newton-John, or maybe that was just Grease. That, that was, was Grease. He married Kelly Preston. She's dead. Ooh, okay. Well, yeah. Big, big rest in peace. Um, so, But she, she's, she, in this movie, is still alive and uh, is broken down on the side of the road. Was that distasteful? Was that in bad taste? Was that a bad thing to say? I don't know. Nobody's listening. I mean, this is this isn't a weekend at Bernie's. Was the actor played Bernie actually dead? <laughs> it was Kelly Preston. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Hey, Ryan, would you do an impression of Bernie Sanders playing Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, I'm once again asking for your support. Ooh, trick question. He was dead in that movie. To famously help me get dead. To this movie. To help me get, <laughs> act as if I was alive for one hour and 42 minutes. Well, if he, okay, I'm not even going to dig into that because it's not worth my breath. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, on the side of the road and he's, he's helping people out and, uh, and, um, he, he's like, do you want to see, she doesn't know who he is, even though he's like winning a whole bunch of Cy Youngs. I remember thinking, I think I looked up who I thought this was going to be based on. Maybe Randy Johnson. I don't know. Um, but, uh, uh, he, he's, he's like this big stud when they first meet and the tow truck driver who came to pick her up was like, fucking lady, you billed me 150 fucking dollars. I got to fucking take it to the Bronx or whatever the fuck. And I don't know. That tow truck driver. Yeah. None other than Dominic Lombardozzi. That's Lombardozzi. Hell yeah. yeah. I was going to come up with an offensive name, but it, we already got to him. Hell yeah. Lombardozzi. Uh, oh, no, she's, he's an entourage. She's an entourage. He, he, plays, in, he was in a lot. He's in he a lot. He's in The Wire. He's in The Wire where he plays the same character. He's the same guy in Entourage. He's, he plays. Uh, he just plays Turtle Stand-In. <laughs> Imagine having to stand there and take lines like your turtle. I've never seen Entourage. And I only loosely <laughs> understand how stand-ins work. So, um, But he sees Billy Chappell. And, you know, because he's a Lombardozzi, he goes, hey, it's the fucking guy. This guy's the fucking man. This guy's got the got the fucking juice, huh? Hey, he's got the fucking juice. And, uh, and for you, no fee. That's what he says. For you, no fee. Uh, and there's a funny exchange where he's trying to get, uh, 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 Kelly Preston, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kelly, uh, Kelly Preston. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. We fucked up. Her name is that. We're, Kelly Preston is Heather. This is not Heather. I don't even remember who Heather was. Heather was like the girl who goes to London for like 90% of the movie, I thought. I don't know. I skipped a, the love an hour interest. and a half. Yeah, it is, that's who we're talking about. It's the love interest. Yeah, that's, that's Gina Malone. Are you sure? No, it is not. It is. I just watched this because I thought that's this was the, the girl daughter. from Hose. That's the daughter. That's the daughter. The daughter is Gina Malone. They have a daughter? Oh that my god. You oh, just fuck. watched okay, this okay. movie. <laughs> I thought, okay, well this is going to be interesting later. I thought that Heather oh, god. or Jane rather Jane was his, like, ex-wife or, like, girlfriend or something. Nope. And she was like, I'm leaving you, and I'm going to London for this cool job. Well, that was... That's pretty much it, yeah, I mean... But they were dating, but there was a... Oh, okay, so there was, I... No, Heather, right? Hold on. God damn it, now I'm all fucked up. I'm looking at the cast right now. Heather's uh, the daughter. Heather's the daughter. No way. Her name's not even... Oh, you're right. You... A week ago, we watched this movie. Sparky, I told you before, I watched the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes. It, Kelly Preston plays Heather, right? Jane Aubrey. Jane. Okay. Jane is, the, Jane is the love interest. 
Heather is the daughter. Jane gotcha. is just now meeting is just now meeting what's his bucket, Kevy Koss. And he's all smooth and he says, uh, you know, come to the game. Um, have you ever been to a baseball game before? And she ends up sitting uh with the wives and they make sort of comments about how, you know, who, who she's blonde this week, which is a dick move. A little bit mean. A little bit sabotage. That was harsh as shit. Cause like, what if it? What if it goes well? What if it goes well? Then they're gonna be mean to this person for the rest of the time. Come on. What if it's his sister? Amen. What if it's his sister? Yeah, like what I'd, if it's his yeah. nun? You know. <laughs> what if it's? What if it's his therapist? What if it's his moral centering? And yeah, now what if he's got like his accountant or something. You know. Exactly. What if she's a CPA? You vapid ass. Vapid ass. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Vapid Ass. When your ass just needs to be a little bit shallower, get Vapid Ass. Gross. Yeah, pretty gross. Um, what happens after that? So that she goes, uh, Yeah, they go to dinner. They go to dinner. Uh, it's very flirtatious. She talks about her kid then, right? No. When did she bring up the kid? Until I don't think she brings up the daughter until he needs her to pick her up. That's maybe true. Um. Uh. Oh God, yeah, I almost forgot. This is very important. Well, he was driving, uh, driving, uh, on the highway and ran into to Jane. He was listening to Steely Dan, so just had to make it very clear there was Steely Dan in this movie. So automatically a plus. Um, yeah, God, almost forgot it. Jesus, could you imagine if we didn't mention it? The critics, they'd, they'd ream us. They'd ramey us. Hey. hey. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. This is where you guys got to pick up the slack, because I'm missing an entire hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I, le- I left all my jokes upstairs, I realized. That's okay, buddy. We don't need them. Uh, what I mean, the rest of the movie's basically just like he keeps striking people out, and he keeps striking out because he's just so damn inflappable. And it's a will they, won't they? It's kind of boring. It's not yeah. great. I figured out actually by only watching the first <laughs> thirty minutes and the last thirty minutes that the entire hour and a half that I skipped were completely unnecessary. Because I found out at the end, he ends up alone with John C. Riley, wasted in a hotel room. So obviously, the love interest didn't work out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you are wrong. You are fuck. At, you are so goddamn wrong. It's unsettling. I was so confident. So I was you, so confident. Too. You didn't. You didn't watch the end of the movie. Then I saw him win the baseball game, and I was like, ah, he won. Because the last. So so you saw the baseball game. What was special about him winning the baseball game? Just, just to, just to get it, get it out there. What was so special about him winning? Wasn't it his like last game before he gets traded to someone else? Um, before he retires, that's the other big oh. premise of the movie. Wait, so why did he get tra- he got traded and then he was like, "No, nah, fuck it, I'm, I'm, I'm." No, leaving. there's the so the weeb, the weeb is sitting in the the <laughs> yeah in the, the changing room, and he's his oh. entire job is to get an answer either. 
that Billy Chappell will retire or he'll be traded to the, the Giants. Right. I see. Okay. And and he decides to retire for the love of the game. Roll credits. For the love of the game. Um. And uh. And no, he pitches a perfect game. That's the whole gimmick. Is he pitches? Oh yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah. Game. I wrote that down actually. Yeah. Um. Also, the pretty much the only redeeming thing about this movie is that the entire thing is all of the actual baseball is called by the inscrutable Vin Scully, who is so goddamn good at commentating baseball, it makes me sad and sick that um, baseball exists without Vin Scully at all. Like, it seems like it defeats the purpose. But um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so they go back and forth. Uh, she goes to spring training... Um and walks in on him with a masseur in a in like one of those '90s thongs, you know those, where it's like there's no hips, but it's just like way up around the waist. Oh yeah, you yeah. know about those '90 thongs? I mean, I remember the scene pretty vividly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I missed out on that. She's we- wearing one of those. She uh uh fucking uh Kelly Ripa, whatever her name is, runs off very upset. Even though they said they weren't dating, this is this is the the bit of a lot of these romance movies. It's like what was the one that we watched with um with what's his bucket uh uh with Die Hard John McClane and uh and Farrah Fawcett yeah Bruce Willis not Farrah Fawcett uh, Michelle Pfeiffer what was that one called do you remember Midsummer Night's Dream. No, no, the one where they were uh, they were fighting, and then at the end there was classical gas. What was that one called? God damn it! I, dude, I swear to God, <laughs> you're thinking of the one with uh, Steve Martin. No, I'm. Oh, that's the out of towners. I was thinking of um, Jesus. Music what of the heart, of course. No. I don't fucking remember. Bruce Willis hasn't been in any of these movies. Bruce Willis was the star of one of these movies, goddammit. Oh, maybe that was one of the days I decided not to watch the movie. Obviously. One of those days, yeah, sure. <laughs> what was it? The in- Miss- What the fuck was it? Was it Random Hearts? I think it was Random oh, Hearts. Oh, it was totally Random Hearts. It was Random... No, that was the one with fucking... Goddammit, what was this movie? Fuck, that was with Harrison Ford. Fuck me. What was this movie called? Did I dream this? Dude, Bruce Willis hasn't appeared. Bruce Willis was in one of these goddamn movies. I'm losing my mind. What the fuck? I'm looking this up right now. I'm tracking this. It was, was it like... at first sight? No, that was the that was with uh, what's his face, Iceman. Um. Oh this... right, right. Uh, fucking Val Kilmer. Yeah. Val, yeah. I mean, this was like the most, the most, the story of us. That's what it was. Oh, I didn't actually watch that one. <laughs> that was the first one I didn't watch. The story of us. Yeah, it had it had uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Bruce Willis. The point being, the whole gist of a of a '90s movie that's supposed to make you feel good about love is show a couple that has horrible horrible core fundamental communication issues like fucking awful and then you have a montage where they remember why they love each other and then bam that's your movie and that's what this was but with baseball is there anything we missed 
Um, uh, yeah, no. just the one thing is that kid at the beginning who's like, oh, I, I, I was your bat boy, and I'm going to be the last one to bat. That's right, yeah. So the, the, the guy meets him in the tunnel and is like, I'm your bat boy. You used to play with my dad. Now I'm going to fucking, fucking face been. you. Um, yeah, but then he still pitched a perfect game, so get fucked, Bat Boy. Yeah, and the Bat Boy comes out, and he, you know he's young. His clothes are fucking tight around his little twink body. Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope my mom didn't listen this far. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, in my defense, baseball uniforms look a certain way. This baseball uniform looked like a spirit Halloween slutty baseball costume. That's all I'm saying. You could get it. it was like they sized him when he was still a bad boy. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same uniform. That's exactly what yeah. it is. That's precisely what it is. Yeah, and then the movie ends, and it's like they meet in the, uh, in the airport, and they're like, for the love of the game, you got it, sister. And that's the end of that movie. Insane. Pretty, 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 pretty movie. Oh, my Miller highlight, the champagne of bits, yes. the bit where we talk about our highlight of the movie, by the way. Um, the four minutes of montage at the very beginning of the movie. Describe it for me, because I do. I have no recollection of the it beginning. <laughs> Sparky, I just watched this movie and I hardly have a recollection. <laughs> it was just like a B-roll and weird clips of like mixed in with like airports and baseball. That was the highlight. Well, that was the only thing you watched with full attention, so I guess it would make sense. <laughs> Jordan, do you have a highlight? <laughs> um Oh, yes! My highlight is when oh my god, it's when he picks up the daughter. From her deadbeat dad, and then um, he brings her on the plane, and then all the players guess her age, cause he's gonna, cause they think he's gonna fuck her, and it's like 11, 12, you know. Oh yes, that is the trend. That is that. I'm gonna guess that that totally counts as the trend of weird uh, underage sex that happens in '90s movies. In '99, we've had that in so many goddamn movies. It's terrifying. So gross. Uh, my Miller highlight is uh, Vin Scully. I mean, I already talked about him. He's the he's the fucking best. And I am pretty heartily convinced that they didn't even give him a fucking script because the caliber of his dialogue, of his calling of the movie, was so, f- like, orders of magnitude above the ca- caliber of dialogue in this movie. So I have to imagine they just let him freeball it. And he was so fucking good. At the very end, when he pitches a when Ian Chapel pitches a, a Billy Chapel, I think Ian Chapel is a West Indian cricketer. Um, Billy Chapel pitches a perfect game, uh, and he says he says uh, the Cathedral of Baseball, Yankee Stadium, has been taken over by a chapel. Amazing! Come on, that was pretty, that was a good zinger. Come yeah. on. They didn't fucking write. Sam Raimi had no part of that bullshit. No way. No way would he not fuck that up. Amazing. Also, I want to point out, it's really interesting that, like, the whole premise of the movie is how miraculous it is for a 40-year-old to throw a a perfect game. Literally two years later, Randy Johnson threw a perfect game at age 40. So. And then yesterday, a 43-year-old won his seventh Super Bowl. So, I'm not impressed. Well, 
you can get a lot done when you cheat. Yeah, wait, how old was Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner has been Kevin Costner has been fifty one for like the last sixteen years. <laughs> how old? That's a great question, actually. Kevin Costner he old as hey. fucking shit. He was born in fifty five. He's sixty five right now. So in ninety nine, he would have been forty. Thirty five. Thirty five. Oh, forty five. Twenty one no years ago. Thirty five. Forty six or forty four. Sorry, fuck. Nineteen ninety nine minus nineteen. Yeah, forty-four. He's forty-four years old. So, uh, yeah, so I guess it. I guess it's just because Tom Brady's an actual athlete. Yeah, he's really Brady good at. Looks, he's yeah. yeah. And he cheats. And like a lot, Drinks a lot, lot of, of plastic surgery. Drinks and, a lot of water. And he, although Kevin Costner looks good at fifty-five, so I don't know why you're being so hard on him. Or at sixty-five, however old he is now. Um, yeah, I think that wraps up the movie. Um. Hey boys, who's the boss? Who's the boss? The segment where we decide mm. who the boss is. Who's the uh, boss? Dominic Lombardozzi. Dominic Lombardozzi. He certainly sets the precedent of the movie being really mean or complimentary to New Yorkers. Hey, Ryan, you basically live in New York. Is this offensive or is this flattering to the city of New York? Uh, someone, well, they, someone sent me a tweet the other day. It was pretty apt. People on the East Coast are kind but not nice. And people on the West Coast are nice but not kind. So an example, mm. case in point, someone who's nice will say shit to your face and then not do anything about it. Like a like a a nice thing, just you know, just like like a like a New Yorker like cha- like a New Yorker will change your tire for you while calling you an idiot the entire time. Exactly. But like exactly. a Californian will be like, oh, like that sucks, and then you know, like I feel so bad for you, and then just drive off without. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In the south, so I think Lombardozzi really worlds. he he found a median, like a perfect yeah. middle ground. Yeah. Did the, the did the character very well. Yeah, he, he he did go very quickly from, who's this fucking bum, to, oh, shit, it's Billy Chappell. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> bum is really a, it's, it, it is so much more power. It is one of the many things that Americans do better than the Brits. Because if a Brit calls you a bum, hey, he's a fucking bum. Means nothing. Does nothing. But a fucking guy in a dive bar on the turnpike says, Get this fucking bum out of here. So much more powerful. So much more fucking like, mm, you're right. He is a bum. Pip, pip, and cheerio. I, I am once again asking for your support to help me solve the inequality between bums. Oh, I don't think he'd say that. I don't think Bernie would say I, that. I think he would. I don't, because... He didn't get enough. You, you didn't get enough mustard on, on, on bum, which I think is the first time that anybody uh. has ever... Not that's the last enough. time I try. That's the last time I try and uh, wing it. You know. That's fine. That's okay. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to be on all the time. Gonna beat myself. Gonna beat myself up about that one. No, you're good, buddy. Oof. I'm sorry. Wow. Look at this guy. Being nice but not kind. <laughs> Ooh, got you there. I'm a California boy <laughs> through and through. Um, who? Hey, hey, Jordan. Who's the boss? Um. Hmm. This is a tough one. 
Mm. I didn't really like anyone in this movie. Sure, sure. Well, I'll give you mine. I know I'm being a one horse, sort of a one, uh, a one trick pony, but I think it's probably Vin Scully. Probably. Probably Just because Just because he's he's the boss. Vin Scully, yeah. He's always been the boss. It's Vin fucking Scully. He called Hank Ar- Henry Aaron's seven hundred fifteenth. I take it all back. It's uh, it's John C. Riley. I, was thinking, I totally yeah, forgot about John I, C. Well, no, I was thinking that, but like the only reason he was the boss was because Kevin Costner was, you know, sticking up for him. And now that Kevin Costner's gone. I think they're just gonna treat him like dog shit. Well, that's probably true, but you know, they couldn't have Kevy Cost without the Gen C Riley. You know, it's like true. it's like if, and I think maybe that speaks to a lot of John C. Riley's career playing uh, opposite William Farrell, um, and uh, and uh, Phil Cy Hoffman. Um, you know, he's a man. He's a man that enables. He's an enabler, you know. He he gets the best out of everybody, be it Kevy Koss and and the pitches, or Willie Farrell and the comedies. And I think that that's a good lesson that we can all take to heart. I think honorable mention would be J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he really looked like a fucking baseball manager, huh? Boy, howdy! God damn, he had a mustache. He was sort of like. He also had sort of a tight, a tight, tight uniform, but um, don't, 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 don't chuckle. I'm, I'm saying the truth. What's so funny, Ryan? Nothing. You're getting awful fucking quiet, Ryan. I, I got no problem. You got something to say, you fucking bum, huh? I do have a lot of words to say right now. Yes, you do, uh, and that is a great segue to. Ryan's raps. Take it away, bud. All right. I do want to. I'm starting now. What? I do. I do want to remind the listener that he did say that's going to be uncomfortable later when finding out that he fucked up. Um, which means that there is going to be a big inaccuracy in this rap, and I want you to fucking commit. I want you to commit. So, on the <laughs> level of go in Chicago, I want you to commit. Oh, that was hilarious. That was that was top. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm starting now, so please don't interrupt. This movie didn't deserve four minutes of a montage intro. What is it, a Marvel film with no heroes? I know John C. Riley and Kevin Costner aren't zeros, but come on, bro. Is this really how this movie goes? John C. Riley got a Game Boy. John C. Riley got a Game Boy. Kevin Costner got a Game Boy, but John C. Riley got a Game Boy. Elbow in an ice bucket, my boy is dripping. Got that ice on his wrist, my boy is dripping. Butter on his face, he's a butterface. John C. Riley barging in, he been tripping. Woke up faded, my boy just got traded. Jogging in the park, there's his... Jane, his girl, has betrayed him. She's leaving for London, got a job that awaited. Got a six o'clock plane, she's Audi, he's deflated. Striking out my boy Papa John, of Spider-Man fame, can't get a batter on. End of the game, he's pissed, it's a struggle, but nobody catches a break like old man Sam Tuttle. Got Heather in the grandstands, looking under the weather, with the other wives of the players but it got so much better billy throws a ball she catches it with her arms in her sweater they head out to dinner where things just got wetter that's gross i'm sorry about that one 
Skip to the end, Billy throws a line drive, it's the end of the chapel, it's too much for JK not throwing bullets like an AK in the Big Apple, still pitched a perfect game, hear the sound of the Snapple, it's a great tasting drink that's now flavored <laughs> like apples. One of your best. And I will say, you did you did get the people right. It, it was just Jane the whole time. It did happen, it was just all the same woman. Yeah, I fucked that up. I don't know. It got confusing. That's okay, buddy. That was really good. I like the the ice was, on the it wrist. Was good. Yeah, yeah, that's one of your better ones, buddy. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm getting better. It's good. It's like I pre- it's like this is the only time that I ever exercise that muscle. So it took me yeah and forty tries, but uh, you've don't sell yourself short, my man. You've had some fucking gems in the in some your bangers, day. dude. Some, some good bangers. Ones. But let's not rest on our laurels. Let's assess the contorals which is a French word for movies, I guess. Um, in Milk or Merlot... Leave the rhymes to me, buddy. Uh, the, t- the, the time in the show where we decide whether uh, the movie has gotten stinky like a milk or aged perfectly like a fine Merlot. Um, Jordan, you have first crack, Milk or Merlot. I'm going to give it a hard milk. Mm. Um... It was as confusing as a Christopher Nolan movie <laughs> without being <laughs> as entertaining. And if That's we learned debatable. anything last night, it's that 40 is the new rookie. hey yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, Ryan. Milk or Merlot? I'm giving it a milk. You can't... You, it, it can't have four minutes of a montage <laughs> intro. You're angry about it because that you wasted well, four minutes that you could have been watching and, actual yeah, movie. Yeah, I could have been watching the rest of the movie, but they were like, no, we just need to show you random pictures of airports. <laughs> also sprinkle in some Kevin Costner and John C. Riley. Here's here's a here's a here's a a, a, a little little suggestion you might want to take to heart. Watch the movie on Saturdays. What what do you make some time to watch the movie, my man? I was incapacitated. Uh, you did send me a photo of you with with uh, beer taped to your hand. Edward Forty Hands. I won, though. I'm glad you did. Here's the thing about Edward Forty Hands. I know that's not the point of this podcast, and I'll get to my Malcolm Merlot. <laughs> the people who play Edward Forty Hands are the people who are uh, in the least amount of need to be encouraged to keep drinking. Who's encouraged to keep drinking, Sparky? You with the 40 hands. You don't need to have the 40. If you're going to participate in a game like Edward 40 hands, you don't need the extra, the extra, you know, encumbrance to keep drinking. You're primed to keep drinking. I don't think you need the encouragement. No, because if you're quitting, if you're a quitter, and mama didn't raise no quitters. So the tape for me, maybe not necessary. There you go. For other participants. Might be necessary. That's I they guess might... that's true. Yeah. I've never I've never done it before. It's <laughs> overhyped. <laughs> uh I'm gonna say it's a shitty movie, but god damn it, I love baseball and I love Vince Scully and I fucking love baseball with Merlot. Well, yeah, you also said Steely Dan got it in April. There was a Steely Dan, so it's yeah. an automatic Merlot. You're right. You're right. Any movie that has Steely Dan in it, I'm going to automatically say is Merlot because Steely Dan is really the the one thing that does not grow old with age, you know. Um, which leaves only one thing, um, the true assessment. Our opinions mean nothing. Uh, 
we have to get the true assessment. And the only only metric we trust for that is the legs distributed by the leg master, Mr. Ryan. Go ahead, hit us with it as he frantically Googles. Um, no, I have it. Okay, okay, give it to us then. Give it to us. So production budget, $50 million. It made $13 million on opening weekend. Okay. Adjusted for inflation, it made $63 million. Okay, cool. Um, and now the legs. The legs. 2.7. Middle of the pack. Not that impressive. Not that impressive, indeed. Um, well, I believe that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been our episode on For the Love of the Game. Um, uh, you can join us next week uh, when our movie will be the 1999 classic thriller 8mm uh, directed by a good old Joel Schumacher. Um, uh, the film stars Nicolas Cage as a private investigator who delves deep into the world of snuff films. Oof. That's going to be... <laughs> Sick. That's going to be fun. Uh, that's that's going to be the second movie we have with Nick Cage uh, hovering over dead bodies. And it's for two and a half hours. God. Or two hours and three minutes, sorry. Damn it. Oh, man. Oh, well. Well, you... I'm I'm glad you pointed it out because now you know, and you I can, can make ahead. time in your day to watch eight millimeter. Um, and we hope you do too. Maybe watch it before you listen to the next episode. I don't know. I know you probably don't, but maybe do eight millimeter. Thank you so much for listening. In any case, um, I have been your uh, solidarity host, Sparky Shelton. I have been your solitary host, Jordan Granite. And as always, I'm Ryan. And now, Classical Gas.